0: Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexonero Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we're going to preview Saturday's Kentucky-Missouri football game. It's a 7.30 start at Kroger Field. Uh, it's on the SEC Network. And to preview the game, I talked to Mitchell Forty of Power Mizzou to give us a scouting report on Mizzou. And I talked with my colleague, At the Herald Leader, Josh Moore, UK football beat writer, to catch up on what's going on with the Cats. Before I get to those two, though, I want to remind you, you can get a Sports Pass, Sports Digital uh, subscription to Kentucky.com. You get all of our UK football coverage with Josh Moore, UK basketball with Jerry Tipton. You get our UK recruiting with Ben Roberts. UK basketball got a big recruit this week. Uh, You get High Schools with Jerry Peck and you get Columns by Mark Storey and myself. It's $30 for the first year. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Go to the top of my feed. The pinned tweet is all about the sports pass, sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. Click on that. It'll take you where you need to go or go to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscription tab there. Check out all the offers for subscriptions to Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. We appreciate everyone who supports our work at Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald-Leader. Okay, let's get right to it. First, we'll be talking to Mitchell Forty of Power Mizzou to talk about the Missouri Tigers. And then after that, we'll be talking to Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald-Leader and Kentucky.com about the Wildcats. Okay, my guest on the podcast is now Mitchell Forty, who covers Missouri for Power Mizzou, the rival site uh, that covers Missouri athletics. How are you doing, Mitchell
1: I'm doing great John Thanks for having me on
0: Well I appreciate you uh, Coming on the podcast Uh, uh, Mitchell If you don't know Mitchell is the the Son of uh, The great And my good friend Pat Forty uh, In Louisville Now of Sports Illustrated Uh, Mitchell you might have been known Partially for that before But after the Olympics I think you're known For something else You're known for being The brother of a silver medalist In the Olympics Before we start Talking about Missouri what, What was that like For you guys?
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, my sister uh, got to swim in Tokyo as part of the. Four by two hundred free relay and won a silver medal. It was it was pretty surreal. I got to be in Omaha um, for the Olympic trials when she made the team, and obviously didn't get a chance to go to Tokyo. But my dad was was there for for work and got a chance to go down to Orlando for a little watch party. So it was surreal. Um, Really cool just to see her. You know, obviously get to represent the country and also just get the the recognition that goes along with that because she's been a really good swimmer for a really long time. But not a lot of people pay attention to the sport until the Olympics roll around. So it was a cool to see a lot of her hard work pay off for sure
0: yeah we're talking about brooke 40 who also uh, swims for uh, stanford mitchell you swam at missouri right and clayton your brother swam at georgia right
1: yeah yeah we were all over the place
0: (laughs) so so we okay enough about swimming enough about your sister she's already had enough in this limelight uh let's talk about missouri they opened up with a uh, 34-24 win over central michigan last saturday what what did the tigers look like last week
1: yeah, there were definitely some Mizzou some fans who we I think were a little nervous. Um, you know, I think there was definitely some expectation that they would just be able to, to roll in there and blow Central Michigan out. But Central Michigan's not a bad team. You know, obviously coached by Jim McElwain, even though he wasn't uh, actually there last week because of an appendectomy, they've got some talent. Um, and, you know, Central Michigan was leading uh, in the second half, and it was close to the route. Uh, Really, though, there was never a point in the fourth quarter where it felt like Missouri might lose. Um, You know, my big takeaways were uh, Missouri ran the ball really well, especially with Tyler Beatty. And, uh, you know, that's notable because Larry Roundtree III was really the bell cow guy for the past few years. He carried the ball, I think, 37 times against Kentucky last year. So Kentucky fans probably familiar with him. Uh, There was some question about how Mizzou would replace him. And Tyler Beatty did that very effectively. He ran for over 200 yards. He had two total touchdowns. um, on the defensive side, it was the first game under Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator, and there were definitely some growing pains. Um, you know, I thought the the run defense needs to get better, especially along the defensive front. But they they kind of settled in, and I thought Wilkes did a pretty good job with his scheme of confusing Central Michigan quarterback Jacob Sermon. You know, he brought a lot of different pressures, and Mizzou ended up with nine sacks in that game. Secondary played decently well, so definitely uh, you know some areas to to clean up, and the Mizzou coaches have been harping on that all week, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll get a, another look at them, obviously, here
0: against Kentucky. Yeah, okay. Let's let's look at the Missouri offense, and let's start with Connor Basilak, the quarterback, a kid that Kentucky actually recruited, uh, but lost lost out to Missouri. Um, he had a pretty good game against Kentucky last year, when Missouri won twenty to ten. What did he look like last Saturday, and what what are the expectations for him this year?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. You know, one of the big knocks on Connor Bays, like he, he came in last season in you know, a pretty tough position. He had missed pretty much all of the offseason because of a torn ACL and uh, lost the, the quarterback competition as a result, but then ended up taking over midway through the second game. And, uh, you know, he, he really was poised all of last year. He was accurate. Um, you know, I thought he, he did a really good job of identifying where to go with the football before the snap, but he didn't hit on a lot of explosive plays. And then on the very first snap against Central Michigan, he went. For like a 63-yard pass to uh, receiver Boo Smith, so that was kind of cool to see. He, he, you know, after that, um, it, it looked a lot like the same like we saw last season. Um, very sharp. He, he re- very rarely is going to make the wrong read or make a mistake. Um, you know, he's not going to force a lot of throws. Like I said, he likes to get the ball out quick. He likes to identify, you know, before the snap where he's going to go with it, and he's very accurate on those short passes. Um, you know, and I do think there's a chance we can see we'll see more of him, you know, throwing the ball downfield as the season progresses. I think he's a guy right now. It looks like, you know, he's never, never going to lose Missouri a game. I think he's rarely going to, you know, make, make the kind of mistakes that take Mizzou out of a game. I I do have questions about, you know, if defenses are able to stop Missouri's run and, you know, make him make those kind of, uh, you know, sit on the underneath routes and make him make those kind of consistent dynamic, you know, downfield throws, if he can do that. Um, but, you know, he is also still technically a redshirt freshman, even though he played a lot of last season. So he's... he's got time
0: to to prove me wrong there what about the the run game Uh, Tyler Beatty 25 carries 203 yards uh, last week he's not the biggest guy I think he's 5'8 5'9 you mentioned about Roundtree in the past yeah 37 carries against Kentucky last year is Beatty going to be that bell cow guy? is is we're going to see 25 carries a game for him or was that just the way the game went last week and they're probably going to spread it around a little more against Kentucky
1: yeah, I definitely think he will be the leader by far in, in carries for Missouri, but he's not going to carry it 25 times a game. I, I'd be very surprised if he did that. Um, you know, I, I think that Elijah Young, who did have a touchdown last week, will continue to get more involved. And you know, I'm sure they'll sprinkle some carries elsewhere uh, as well to a couple other running backs. But yeah, Taylor Beatty is definitely the you know the leader in that backfield. He's kind of paid his dues, waited his turn to be the feature guy. And uh, you know, I, I was impressed last weekend. He showed kind of the same burst and, and dynamism that he had shown in years past, despite carrying the ball a lot more than he ever had before. I think, you know, last year he never carried the ball like more than I think 12 times in a game. So, um, yeah, he'll be the lead guy, but I I would be surprised if he carries that heavy of a workload every
0: week. What about receiver? Who's somebody that Kentucky fans should look for uh, wide receiver or tight end for Missouri?
1: Yeah, the the number one receiver is probably Kiki Chisholm. Um, he's a guy who interesting story. He transferred from Angelo State, which is a D2 school, to Missouri prior to last season. Kind of got going slowly, but by the end of the season was was uh, the most consistent receiver there. He's you know a really big body. I think he's probably about six four, six five. You know, two hundred fifteen pounds or so. He looks honestly more like a tight end than a receiver, but he's you know he, he's good at coming over the middle, possession receiver. You can throw a jump ball up to him. Um, he'll probably get the most targets. Then you've got uh, Mookie Coopers, an Ohio State transfer, who is kind of Missouri's version of Wandale Robinson. There's a lot of similarities there. In-state kid who was a top 100 recruit who went to the Big Ten at first, went to Ohio State, got kind of caught in their jam of receivers and transferred back. He had a foot injury during camp, and and we actually talked to him yesterday, and he said he wasn't really able to do a lot of cutting in week one. Um, so I'm not sure if he's 100% how they'll use him. Last week, it was just kind of, you know, like jet sweeps, hand off screen passes stuff like that but they want to get him the ball in space and then you know you've got a few other guys in there chance looper um towski dove but the other guy that uh, you know missouri fans have high hopes for is dominic lovett who's a four-star freshman out of east st louis um Mizzou took a couple deep shots to him last week didn't connect but i think definitely look for him to be a guy who they try to get the ball to downfield
0: okay let's switch over to the defense uh let's start with steve wilkes was it a surprise when, I mean, Wilkes has got an extensive NFL background, uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, was uh, for a season defensive coordinator with the Browns for a year. Before he went to Arizona, he was at Carolina for several years, including a Super Bowl year. Well, what was the reaction there when uh, he took the job at Missouri?
1: yeah it was definitely a little bit of a surprise to me, and I think um you know fans were were surprised but excited um you know for you know a coach like Eli drinkwood who's thirty eight and in his second year to be able to pull a guy who's been in the n f l for fifteen years i think certainly excited people, and you know there's there's always kind of an idea of When you're at Missouri, you can't just do what everyone else is doing, right? You can't just, you know, hire a former Alabama assistant or Georgia assistant and go try to be those schools because you're not going to ever get the same level of talent as them. And so I thought it was a good hire. Um, Obviously, you know, time will tell, but I was impressed with, well, schematically last week. I mean, you know, like I said, there were definitely some growing pains, and especially on the run, there was definitely some. You know, missed assignments there uh, from the front six but you know I thought he adjusted well I thought the defense adjusted well um, you know he clearly confused the Central Michigan offensive line and quarterback at times there were uh, three or four different times where Missouri had a Blitzer come completely untouched through the line um, so yeah I, I think they're. you know it's, it's not going to be perfect I don't think at any point this year and probably for a little while to come until uh, you know Wilkes kind of gets all of his own guys in there and everything but uh, I saw a lot to like in week one.
0: Who are some guys to to look out for on the defensive side of the ball on Saturday?
1: yeah so rice transfer blaze Aldridge is a real interesting character he's a, um, you know kind of a, a Zen guy who talks about like yoga and meditation and stuff has this long blonde hair but he uh, came in and in his first game had 10 tackles six tackles for loss and three and a half sacks and really he wasn't perfect you know he, he actually did miss a couple tackles in the first half I thought he overpursued a few plays in the running game which will be something to watch for but he was very effective as a blitzer that's for sure um, so he's someone to watch. Um, and, and the secondary I thought actually played really well which surprised me you know I thought coming into the season Missouri's defensive line would be solid you know they had a lot of experience up there they, they struggled against Central Michigan and that's absolutely something to watch against the Kentucky offensive line that's really good um, but Missouri's secondary where they replaced a lot was, was really good um, I thought you know they, they did allow a couple completions early but you know you've got Caleb Evans who's a transfer from Tulsa had an interception and in a couple pass breakups Chris Abrams Drain is playing nickel and uh, he he's a guy he was a wide receiver last year they switched him over at the end of the season because they basically ran out of bodies in the secondary and uh, liked what they saw and now he's starting at nickel and had he had a nice game jalen carlize is a guy he's a redshirt freshman he played a little bit of cornerback last year um is now playing free safety and he uh, he, he missed the first half against central michigan because of a targeting penalty from the end of the 2020 season which seemed kind of dumb but yeah. uh, <laughs> he came in and was a, a clear difference maybe the defense looked a lot better with him on the field um and then martez Manuel is a guy he plays a strong safety and he, he never comes off the field he's a columbia kid he's started for a few years now who uh he'll he'll be out there pretty much every snap
0: one guy that the kentucky coaches have mentioned liam cohen uk's offensive coordinator mentioned the other day was jeff coat uh talk a little bit about him
1: yeah so Trejan jeff coat he's a he was a, I think first team all sec last year he, he's a kind of an interesting story as well he was dismissed from the team uh, i guess it was so he, he was a true freshman in 2018 and then 2019 got hurt during camp and then got dismissed from the team came back last year about four weeks before the season started um you know wasn't completely in shape i mean he did a good job considering he'd been away from football but obviously what well, didn't come back and start playing right away but by the end of the season had become missouri's best pass rusher i think he had six sacks um so he's definitely the most dynamic guy on that defensive line I mean, he just kind of has the look of a, a guy who, who can have pro potential. He's long. Um, he, got, he had a sack and a forced fumble last weekend. So he's definitely you know, a guy who, who uh, opposing coaches have to watch for. Missouri just needs someone else who can uh, generate pressure maybe opposite him or from the interior of the line because uh, otherwise it becomes pretty easy for oppo- opponents to double-team him, which that's what Michigan did a few times last week.
0: Okay, uh, Saturday night, 7.30, start at, Kro- at Kroger Field. Missouri had lost five in a row before they basically manhandled Kentucky last year, 20-10. to 10. I think they ran something like 92 plays. Uh, Kentucky's defense could not get off the field. What, what does Missouri have to do on Saturday night to make it two in a row over Kentucky?
1: Yeah, I definitely think, you know, this is a different Kentucky team. And I know that Louisiana Monroe is not very good, but, you know, I I don't think you're probably the the game's going to unfold like last year. I mean, I've really never seen many games unfold like that where one team (laughs) holds the ball for like 45 minutes. I think if Missouri wins the game, it's probably because A the defense stopped the run and dared Will Levis to beat them with his arm and he couldn't. You know, I think if you're Missouri's defense, you want to make sure Kentucky can't get the ground game going and just make sure you limit the explosive plays. And if Will Levis can continually, you know, make those throws to to keep drives alive and move Kentucky down the field, so be it. And I think on the other side, it's because Connor Bazelight plays a good game. You know, I I don't think Missouri's offensive line is probably good enough to line up and run the ball down Kentucky's throat consistently. Um, And so I think you're going to need to see Connor Bazelight like make the type of throws that he has you know not consistently made all the time during these this last uh, year in a game so I think the two quarterbacks will, will play a big role in who wins
0: well it should be an interesting matchup I mean you got two teams that I think a lot of people think uh, have a good chance of finishing at least third in the division maybe uh, if they get on a role tra- uh, challenge georgia and florida uh, mitchell tell the listeners where they can find you uh online and uh on and on twitter and uh check out your work
1: yeah so uh, i'll be at the game saturday so if anyone wants to check out the mizzou perspective um so you can find me at twitter at mitchell 4d it's mitchell and the number four and then the letter d and the website is powermizzou.com like you mentioned it's uh, part of the rivals network so the website is rivals.missouri.com
0: that's great well be sure and check out uh, mitchell on twitter and check out his work at power mizzou and mitchell we really appreciate you being on the podcast
1: absolutely john thanks again for having me
0: Okay, my thanks to Mitchell Forty of Power Mizzou, and after the break, we'll be talking with Josh Moore of the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, back here with my colleague Josh Moore, UK football beat writer. How's it going, Josh?
2: I'm good, John. Ready? Uh, I've I, I said this on Sunday. I'm really. It's been a. You know, I've been doing this as my third year now covering the team um, for the Herald Leader, and and. You know, usually after a Saturday, I'm like kind of drained and ready to, you know, take a few days off and kind of get into the the flow of the week. But I was ready to watch this team play again after uh, <laughs> for that first game. I mean, I I think, and I'm probably, you know, I think fans would say the same thing. I was very, uh, you know, more energized than I thought I would be uh, on Sunday morning when I woke up.
0: Why is why do you think that is? What about this it. team? Why? What are you ready to see again?
2: I mean, obviously the offense. I want to see. You know, it is one thing to see them do what they did against Louisiana Monroe, but but you know, against Missouri. It's I mean, it's a real test. Like, and, and it's it's and it's not like you know, like like the last couple of years that I would go week to week thinking like, oh, here we go again. Got to watch. Uh, you know, you know, it's like right. you, you didn't go in thinking like, oh, this team is going to lose or they're going to struggle because there were games where they would go in and dominate the. the Team they were playing, um, but I don't know. It's just there's it's just you know there's still a sense of discovery I think about what this this team is, and I think that's what's making it exciting for me.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Uh, obviously, a big game Saturday against uh, Missouri, but uh, we'll back up for a minute. Uh, anything else about the Monroe game? Any any other thoughts about the Monroe game?
2: I really locked. Uh, I mean, and obviously, I mean, he's not going to throw the, the dudes under the bus or anything. But I liked what uh, Mark Stoops had to say about w- how Monroe played Kentucky on Monday, like in his, you know, final, like his pregame press conference going into this week. It was, you know, I mean, you could tell that they were overmatched personnel-wise, Monroe, but, but they kind of, they played them straight. And I think for Kentucky... You know, that was better than just getting, you know, a bunch of gimmicky stuff thrown at you. Um, cause, you know, you, you at least got to play a real football game and, and, you know, and, and see some stuff that you might, you know, the kind of stuff you might see, um, over the course of a season. And, and, and he, you know, he obviously had a nice thing to say about how Terry Bell had them prepared and stuff for, for what they are. But, um, I and mean, I thought he, I thought he had a good answer to that question on Monday. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously that, it, that was what it was. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, Kentucky's played some crappy football teams in the past and not looked as good as they did against Monroe. Yeah. So um, th- there is that, too. I don't know that you you can't just look at it blindly and say, oh, that's what this team is based off that one performance. But I don't know that you want to necessarily you know throw it out. And, again, like after this week, it'll be easier to kind of put that game into context.
0: Right, right, exactly. We, we've talked a lot about the offense. Uh, what about the defense? How did you think the defense played? What, what, what impressed you or what stuck out to you about the defense?
2: It was it was really nice to see, obviously, J.J. Weaver out there um, in as few snaps as he had just looking like the kind of guy um, that you would expect to go out there and, and to go out and get two sacks against a team like Monroe without um, really <laughs> – <laughs> Without, you know making it look easy really um uh, you six sacks of the team that was great to see again you you the caveat of, of the talent level you're going up against but you know that's Kentucky only had 16 last year in 11 games so you're you're almost halfway to your <laughs> total right. from a year ago um that's you know that's not a bad way to start off the season and you can tell that they were uh, you know it, was, it I think the biggest thing probably is you can tell that that's a defense with a lot of seniors on it. <laughs> like, you know, everybody's in the right space, place. Um, you had guys – I can't remember who it was. I think it was Square and uh, maybe Robinson um, were, were going after one of the younger guys early uh, who was really out of – one of the younger D linemen who was out of alignment. I mean, you could just tell there's a lot of good communication going on. Um, a lot of – you know, just a lot of guys that know what they're doing and have played for this team for a while and, and want to – You know, you know, not not that, but I don't think Kentucky's defense. I don't think you can say they haven't been good um, the last few years. I think that's been probably the the side of the ball you would defer to if you were going to say, like, if you were going to pick, like, just a consistently well playing unit. But um, they certainly want to step up in terms of their pass rush and 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 you know, being able to create more turnovers and, and that kind of thing. And that was something you know we didn't really you know see that. Um, that, that's maybe a thing you, you know, you could pick at, but I don't, you know, I'm still, I'm one of these people that thinks turnovers are kind of random. So, um, it's more about just being in the spot to take advantage of them if they happen. But, um, and I think Kentucky, you know, looked good on, on Saturday. I I think that, uh, obviously, yeah, they were overshadowed by the offense, but, but the defense arguably played better than the offense if you really want to, um, you know, split hairs
0: yeah. about it. Yeah. 87 yards. <laughs> Lead the uh, number one <laughs> in the nation in yards allowed. Obviously, like you said, they were not playing the best of competition, but still giving up 87 yards is uh Hard to do, you know. That's that's pretty impressive. No matter who you play, well, I
2: mean, say hadn't hadn't done something like that in twenty five
0: years, or... right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a monsoon game against Central Michigan back in the Jerry Claiborne era. Uh, okay, we got Missouri coming up here on Saturday, as we have talked and written. I mean, this is obviously a a big game. Uh, I got the impression from Mark, it's a game that is um, from Mark Stoops. It is a Well, it's not a luncheon anymore, not luncheon this year. His press conference on Monday. (laughs) uh, That, uh, you know, this is a lot. Last year's loss, that 20 to 10 loss in Columbia, is one that has stuck with him uh, over the past uh, year. Uh, He made the statement that, you know, Missouri was more prepared to play. He didn't have his team ready to play, and that's not going to happen again. I I don't know that this is a a revenge game, but I I think they definitely remember what happened last year in Columbia.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know that I mean, I think there's sort of an acceptance uh, on the team's part that they got pushed around last year in a way that um, certainly was uncharacteristic um, for for Kentucky football the last couple of years. I I mean, it's not, you know, it's not shocking that Missouri was able necessarily to to finally end that that streak. You know, and, and kind of get a win, you know, especially there in Eli Drink, with his first year. I mean, you're, it's a new look. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of contribute to that happening. But the way that it happened is what was so jarring. Um, it just, I mean, you know, Soup said, you know, it felt like they scored 40 points. It was only a 2010 loss, but it felt like they scored 40 points. And it did. I mean, I remember watching that game. I mean, we didn't travel last year, and I was watching that game. Um, you know, my setup was a little different. I was sitting at my bar area and, Watching like my little like 19 inch TV that I had set up beside my computers at the time, and uh, and I was just like, is this like I just it just felt like the game was never going to end, like (laughs) like and it was from and it felt like that from the get go. It just did not from the first possession. It felt like this was just going to be a long afternoon. It was like a three three or four o'clock kickoff, and it just was just such a chore to watch and (laughs) and. And, and it really, you know, it, it, you know, I think that game and then the, I think Georgia was the next week. Those sort of, that was the games, you know, because people look at the Alabama and the Florida losses and think, yeah, you just can't keep up with those guys. There's no way you're going to, um, you know, you can't do this with, with Eddie Grand running the offense. Like, but, but I really think, really, the Missouri and the Georgia performances are what really got Eddie Grand fired. I mean, I don't I don't know that you can, um, you know, especially Alabama, whatever, Alabama's Alabama. And those two games, though, like, you know, Georgia won scoring 14 points the next week after the Missouri game because, you know, they didn't have to do anything else, you know? Right. <laughs> like, they were right. they were content. Um, and so, yeah, I don't get the sense that this is a revenge game, but I certainly think Kentucky's players, um, you know, I've, they've not said this and, and Stoops hasn't said this, but, you know, I, you kind of reading between the lines, you certainly get the feeling – that this is – they look at this as a statement game. And and, I, and 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 in many ways, one, you know, to make the statement that last year was a, an anomaly and they, you know, want to kind of get back on top of the series, but also to say, hey, you should pay attention to us. We're a top 25 football team or a top 25 level football team, and you should, you know, be, you know, putting more respect on our name and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, I, I mean, I, I generally get the sense that they feel like they have – That this team, as constructed, is is in that ballpark, and you know, I think this is you know, and a lot of people look at this game that way, Um, you know, because if they go out and and especially if they perform, you know, if the offense looks as good as it did last weekend, you know, against the Missouri team, um, that you know, a lot of people, you know, it was kind of between Kentucky and Missouri for that three spot in the East for a lot of people coming into the preseason, so. If they look great against Missouri and win, that's it's you know, I think you'll, I I mean, you'll have, I don't know if they'll make it into the top 25, but I think they'll be knocking on the door and it'll be pretty close.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look back at the game, I'm looking back at the chart that kept from last year's game at Missouri. Missouri had a 13-play, 64-yard drive at the end of the first half. Ended up in kicking a field goal. Kentucky made a nice goal line stand to make them kick a field goal, which put Missouri up 10 to three. Missouri got the kickoff to start the second half. They had a 21-play, 66-yard drive in which they didn't score. Uh, they had a fourth and goal, mm-hmm. fourth and one at the uh, Kentucky seven-yard line, and a Corker sacked. Uh, Connor Yousef Corker, Kentucky, sacked Connor Bazelak for a two-yard loss. But as you pointed out about the offense and Eddie Grant, Kentucky then went, went three and out and had to punt from their own 15, and the Missouri marched right down and scored to go up 17-3 on a six-play 61-yard drive. Kentucky comes back and scores to make it 17-10, with 13 uh, thirteen fourteen to go in the game, they ran four more plays the rest of the game. They ran. They had a three and out. They got the ball uh, at their own twenty one with eleven oh nine left. It had a three and out, and then they didn't get the ball back again until Missouri kicked the field goal to make it twenty to ten. They got the ball back with three oh seven to go, and they, and they turned. Josh Ali fumbled. Um, and they never saw the ball again. So, yeah, a combination of the Kentucky defense could not get off the field. I think Missouri was four or five on fourth down, and the Kentucky offense, I think Missouri ran 92 plays. Kentucky ran something like 36. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like that. So, yeah, um, as you mentioned, just physical domination. Yeah, I don't expect to see that Saturday, and obviously this is a much different Kentucky offense than we we saw – You know, then we saw last year Uh, Of course, the big question is how will that offense match up? and It's kind of an interesting dynamic because Kentucky has uh, Liam Cohen as their offensive coordinator, who last year was assistant quarterback's coach with the Rams the last, I think, three seasons. And Missouri's new defensive coordinator is Steve Wilkes, who was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and then was defensive coordinator with the Cleveland Browns when they went up against the Rams in 2019 and as the Cardinals went up against the Rams twice in 2018 in the same division division so that that's that's a very interesting matchup as well
2: totally yeah there's a lot that's changed um you know coaching wise for both these teams and you know i mean the early returns are what they are i mean like with kentucky i don't know how much you can take away from you know what mizzou how mizzou looked against central michigan but if you want to you know say the glass half full perspective if you're a kentucky fan you know Central Michigan looked pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> against, you know, like, you know, getting what this, uh, um, you know, this first look at. I mean, they had a, um, you know, through they ran a lot of plays and and were able to to throw for a lot of yards and 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 you know, I I've watched. I kind of came in and out of that game. It was you know, sort of. It started after uh, Kentucky's game ended, and we were obviously working and stuff. So it was like the fourth quarter by the time I was able to check in, and Missouri kind of taking control. And but it really, you know. You know, it goes to show, I think, you know, when you are just so early in the football game, it's just so hard to know what, what you're going to get from any of these teams. And, like, how much was Missouri holding back? You know, and, right. and how like, and how much did they, you know, because I know Tyler uh, Beatty came on late and ended up, you know, having a monster game. Um, you know how much of that was because they were, you know, finally just like okay, you know, this is what we just this is just what we need to do, and just you know, own, like just basically try to need to control the ball more, um, or, or, or was that something that they kind of felt like they had to do? Uh, I don't know. Right. So it's 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 you know, it's going to be fun to see. You know, what what you know, going back to last year with Kentucky and, and Missouri, it, it was when you talk about the physical domination and I remember talking with Stoops after the game last year, um, you know, so, you know, the score 20 to 10 or whatever. And, and, yeah, the defense is on the field. And, you know, this was a Missouri team that last year, they, they put up a lot of points in some games. I mean, right. Hey, they were, you know, they were, you know, they, 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 you know, 45 or yeah, 45 against LSU the week before. And, and, you know, they, they hung 50 on Arkansas at some point and, you know, they were capable of, having these big, um, you know, running the games where they ended up, you know, running a lot of plays and scoring a lot. And they ran a lot of plays against Kentucky, year. Like, 92 plays. Right. I mean, that was, it was like, trip, like triple what Kentucky finished with. And, you know, that the margin was so slim still. Right. Um, and I think, you know, and obviously a lot of the, those plays were, you know, running and they were just kind of, uh, I mean, the third down, and fourth down conversions, really, what you look at when you look at that game last year, and it just what, just that's just what killed Kentucky. I mean, on both sides, they couldn't do anything. It was like they were like two for nine, you know, but could barely even get into the opportunities. And then, you know, Missouri was like fourteen of twenty four or something. Um, just, just you know, really took it to them up front on the on the offensive line, and uh, you know, neither team really got, you know. Pressure at least in the forms, you know, like a whole lot of pressure as far as the, um, you know, when you're looking at the, the counting stats like you know sacks and total like your uh, tackles for loss or whatever. Hmm. So I mean, you look at that and 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 whatever you want to make of that, because um, obviously <laughs> Missouri last week had had a just racked them up against Central Michigan. They finished with nine sacks, I believe. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be. It, it, it's such a but when you just if you're just taking what you saw in week one and trying to transplant it over here um I mean that's obviously you know every week's a different week but I think in this case there's a lot of ways you can go doing that if you think that's gonna be how um how the matchups kind of play out and i, I mean I'm, I'm i mean i I'm excited for it and I kind of you know I have a film where I, where I think I'll, this game's gonna go but um you know I could just be you know, hey, we can get to
0: that in a minute. But. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. When the you know the funny thing is, like you said, Missouri did uh, you know, had a great game on third down and fourth down. Kentucky couldn't get them off the field last year. Then Missouri turned around last week against Central Michigan. They were one of eleven on third down, mm-hmm. zero for one on fourth down. So, <laughs> but, yeah, know. no, I'm
2: glad you brought that up. I had that written down and forgot to mention. Yeah, like they they couldn't couldn't buy a
0: third down no, last week. So no, no they uh, couldn't stay on the field against Central Michigan. Not in those types of drives. Okay, so Judge, what what are the keys? What does Kentucky have to do? As we've talked, you know, uh, a lot about that, this is a huge game. As you mentioned, a lot, most people uh, thought Kentucky and Missouri would be battling it out for thir- for third behind Florida and Georgia, and that uh, who, you know whoever wins this game might have a chance of challenging Florida and Georgia in the SEC East. What does Kentucky have to do to get to get this win?
2: I think the biggest thing is going to be for those guys who, you know, we've talked a lot about the pass rush and and, and the defensive line. And and there's, you know, a a wave of, you know, senior guys, your Josh Pascals and your Jordan Rods and and guys that have been around for a while. And and then the young guys that got to step up. And I think, you know, that first unit and and then, you know, the the guys behind them and, 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 you know, Weaver, especially if he plays, I mean, I think containing and and, and just putting Connor Basilac in the dirt as much as you can is going to be massive for this for this week. It, it's his first, you know, it's not his first road start, but it's his, it should be his first road start in a environment that has a lot of people right. and will be loud. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's important. You know, last year you know, crowds were reduced and, and all that. Um, and he's a good quarterback, but I don't know that he's, you know, it's not like he's a guy that necessarily it's, um, you know, at least to this point hasn't really shown that he's like a superstar type guy. I mean, he he is a really good college quarterback. I think that you know, you know, so far I think that's something you can say. Um, and he's young though. He's he's what a sophomore I think right. academically.
0: He's a true um, sophomore, right?
2: And, and so you 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 know you want to get in his head and make him feel you and. And I think, I mean, I just think, going back to last year, Kentucky just got so manhandled up front on both sides. I think they're going to really take that to heart in this game and want to do everything they can to to get to basilac, to to hit guys behind the line of scrimmage as much as they can, and and you know, and they, when they get out in space and make those guys feel it when they knock them down, and, and I think that's going to be the biggest thing: contain contain basilac. Don't let Beatty. I think Beatty's good. I, 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 that total he had in week one really surprised me. Yeah, uh, a lot three of
0: that Trishon, Yeah,
2: a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when right. you know if you you maybe you know, you want to say maybe Central Michigan just kind of got wore down. I don't think you know Kentucky's not going to get worn down like that. Um, you know, you know, I mean they'll get tired, but they're they're not like the they're more just there's more talented than Central Michigan. Right, they're gonna so they're not going to right. And so they're – they're you know, I don't see – I don't see him going for 200. I'd be surprised if he hits 100. I, I don't think – I just don't feel like he's – that they're equipped to run the ball that strongly against Kentucky. I could be wrong, but I, I just don't think that that's going to be a, replicatable, a rep, replicable effort for them. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Kentucky – I think as long as they're physical and, and can make it, you know – make Missouri feel, feel the game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. What do you think is important? I, I, I feel like it's, uh, I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing. I mean, obviously in all the other stuff, you know, completing, you know, you know, all your passes and then making all the right read, all that stuff's important too. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing that makes a difference in this, in this contest.
0: Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about Beatty had 25 carries against, uh, Uh, central michigan on on saturday 25 carries for 203 yards last year the most he ever carried in a game was 13 times and that was against kentucky was 13 uh 13 carries for 52 yards of course they had larry roundtree last year It was kind of more their workhorse he graduated (coughs) so uh, Beatty's not the biggest guy He's, you know, to me, he was more like a scat back. He's 5'8", 194 pounds. It's interesting to give a guy like that 25 carries. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. No, I, I mean, I agree with your keys. The one thing I do think, you know, I asked uh, Liam Cohen on, on Tuesday about what, what do you want to see in, you know, the old football uh, axiom is is that teams improve most betw- between the first game and the second game than at any time of the season. Where do you want to see improvement? And he said, we got to get more out of the run game. We need to finish runs. And I think that's going to be important in this game to bounce out the pass because uh, like Mark Stoops talked about and Liam talked about yesterday, Steve Wilkes' defense is very aggressive. They're going to play bump and run coverage. They're really going to challenge the receivers um, if you can run the ball effectively with chris Rodriguez, I think you can take some of the pressure off the receivers because they'll have to put more they'll have to at least shade the box more to account for that so I think that'll be big in this game as well but uh but no I agree with you i think the physical aspect and keeping uh, and i think getting to basilac putting pressure on basilac is definitely going to be going to be big big in this game so um, anyway um josh white the uh, this week uh you'll have your predictions i assume uh just uh, tell the listeners uh, what you got going on and what they should be on the lookout for
2: yeah predictions of course, and we'll have um i have a isaiah Epps feature that has been thought and and I don't know what sta- what status is it it is in but uh <laughs> that should publish pretty that should be publishing pretty soon, possibly you know by the time people listen to this right um yeah, nothing else comes to mind. I mean, there's always I mean, there's yeah. some things that could pop up. I'm sure I've wrote right. uh, earlier in the week about uh, you know some stuff, kind of looking at the at the game and and also I uh, asked Mark Stoops about the uh, um, anniversary, the 20th anniversary of September 11th coming up. He had uh, you know kind of talked about that a little bit, you know, because they'll be playing on that day. Right. Um, I know for a lot of people that'll be a you know, a very emotional day and, and everything. So, um, right. you know, it's interesting. I just, I don't know, I'm just kind of fascinated. You know, I was, you know, in elementary school when that happened and, and had a, you know, it's just interesting to think that, you know, most of the players, if not all the players on this team, you know, none of them like even really knew that that was going on as it right. was going on. So it's just interesting to think about that a little bit. and right. um, Just kind of reflect some.
0: Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Look for that uh, on Kentucky.com, uh, and Josh had plenty of coverage both on Kentucky.com and in the Herald Leader. And be sure and follow him on Twitter, Josh Moore HL. And especially during the game, a lot of tweets and updates. Uh, we'll have we'll have tons of coverage uh, Saturday night. It is a seven thirty start at Kroger Field on the SEC Network. And Josh, as always, thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Thanks, John. Can't wait to see you Saturday.
0: Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Mitchell Forty of Power of Mizzou. Be sure and check out his work there on the Rivals site that covers the Missouri Tigers. And check out the work of Josh Moore of the Lexanero leader in Kentucky.com. We thank him, as always, for being on the podcast, catching us up on what's going on with the football. Wildcats going into Saturday night's game. It's a 7.30 kickoff at Kroger Field. We will have tons of coverage on Kentucky.com. Check out my live updates. Check out uh, on Twitter. Like I said earlier, my uh, Twitter feed is John Clay IV. Follow Josh at Josh Moore HL, Mark Story at Mark C. Story, and Ben Roberts at Ben Roberts HL. We'll have plenty of coverage after the game as well, both online on Kentucky.com and then later on on the print edition of the Lexington Arrow Leader. Look for my follow-up column on Monday in the Monday print edition uh, and usually posts on Sunday as well. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Uh, you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts podcast and iHeartRadio podcasts. We appreciate everybody who leaves a rating and review. We thank everyone who supports our work at The Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. Again, thanks to Mitchell Forty and Josh Moore, and thanks to everyone listening. We'll see you next time on the John Clay Podcast.